series part two of our series so last week we started a si- well all right truth a week and a half ago we started yeah. <laughs> we started a series on flexible continuous flexible grouping which is a a key to personalized learning if yeah, you want really to make is. it work and still keep the social aspect of learning which you need to do then you have to figure out how to continuously flexible group so um, last week we kind of talked about the zone of proximal development and today, we're going to talk about some ways to find the zone of proximal development because you cannot efficiently group unless you have this piece of information. Yeah, it'll make it really hard if you don't have... Data. 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 Yeah, so you really do. So we gather data on, on kids all the time, right? Oh my gosh. Like second by second usually? Like, yes. <laughs> so we have actually have to use that somehow mm-hmm. and track that somehow mm-hmm. in order to do it correctly. Yeah. And it's not yeah. just like once every six weeks or so where you kind of rearrange kids. No. It's like if we talk continuous flexible grouping, we really mean continuous. continuous. And I think that's right. one of the keys that is really the next step around grouping is about continuous grouping. Right, so I guess I want to clarify there that okay. because I don't want people to start suddenly feel like, what, I'm totally regrouping and grouping all the kids every day? No. 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 You will still have mentioned, Matt just mentioned six weeks, you'll still have kind of like periods where you'll do a recheck of everybody, but what needs to be in place is that if a learner in one group no longer needs to be in that group, they can move on to another one without having to wait for the six weeks to be up. Make sense? Right. So one of the things that that we ask kids when we when we talk about grouping or when we talk about moving to proficiency based really was is there ever been a time where you've been um, your classes moved ahead Mm. of you? And of course every kid and every adult has said, well yeah that's happened. Yeah. And has there ever been a time where you're waiting for the class to catch up to you? Mm. And of course the answer is yes. Yes. So when we ask them, how does that make you feel, it always, the, the answer we usually get, that the general statement is, it makes me feel like I'm not important. Right. So it's not about those six weeks where you do a massive regrouping, but it's also not about the daily part, as you just said. You're not doing this every single day. Right. But you are focusing in, focusing in on where kids are using the data that you have right. in order to put those kids into the right places so they're being challenged and not bored. Right. So that's really right. the key that's of what, what we're talking about. about. Yeah. And it's not day-to-day, hour-to-hour. No. It's not any of that. But if I know that you are ready to move on, for instance, to another group because you've got enough evidence, then I'm going to move you to that group tomorrow. Right. Not everyone, perhaps. No. But yeah, just you just because me. that's where you are Yeah. because the data. Yeah. The data. Okay. I like data. I know you like data. (laughs) Okay. So what are some of the ways that we could maybe do this? Well, teachers have a lot out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's good to have at least three data points that you're going to begin with. 
Sounds like triangulation. I was about to say, do you remember <laughs> triangulation of data? Nice. What? Yeah, so you should have some kind of norm referenced test. And mm -hmm. I think at this point, so many people are using the NUIA map test mm -hmm. that um, I'm going to say that's a decent one to use mm -hmm. um, for your initial grouping or even for your larger periodic groupings. Yeah. Um, it's always good to have that on hand. Um, then you might have some classroom data. And in the districts I work in, we're fortunate enough to have a learning management system that speaks to learning targets. Um, so we can go in and look at where learners are in the progression of learning for a variety of contents and measurement topics. So that's another piece of data. You're very lucky in your district to have that. I think so. It makes a lot of this learner-centered, proficiency-based education Easy. -er. <laughs> easy -er. Easy -er. Yes. Easy-er. Because it, it is technology, so it's never, you know, perfect, but it right. does make it easier. So I think that's another piece of data you mm -hmm. should have. Um, yet another piece of data that's maybe not always thought of as data, it's because it's more qualitative than quantitative, is information about the child's behavior, relationships they have with teachers, how they do in different sized environments, um, things like that, just like a, a general holistic profile of the kid. Right, so what, what I hear sometimes with teachers is that we, we do, especially elementary level, we do like homerooms and things, not necessarily by what the needs are, yeah. but who gets along with each other, yeah, right? That Corny doesn't get along with Matt, so they should not be together. No, no, so, and we really shouldn't. Anyone who's trying to group us, should we should not be in the same. Yeah, those names were not picked at random. <laughs> so it's it, it's one of those things that, that, that we do, but we don't realize that maybe when we're doing this continuous flexible grouping, that's a very valid piece of data. It really is. And it's it, if you're a numbers person and you're looking just at scores and at targets and that sort of thing, yeah, that's, I think I think it's really good that you brought that up. Those are two big pieces, but but the other stuff, mm -hmm. you know, the, the the who you are as a kid, yeah, it, it matters. Yeah. So let's try to to group those kids, uh, so they can be successful. Yeah. And and so the the other peripheral stuff around you isn't interfering with you, with your learning. It needs to be a data point. Yeah, it does. So it keep does. track. And teachers yeah. are really good about knowing who gets along with others. Oh, fantastic. That's one of the things that they don't necessarily need to write down, for no. instance. No, and, and even student-to-teacher relationships, too. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. It's okay to be honest and say, you know, like this kid and I, right now, we're not we're not, ma we're not matching, and right. it would do more harm to both of us <laughs> to, have, right. to be, you know, forced to group together rather than for someone else who happens to have a better relationship yep. right now with Absolutely. the It's all good. Yep, totally it's, fine. It's about the learner, not you. So, um, so yeah, so then I think there's also some other data that could be useful. Um, and okay. this, I feel like, kind of depends on grade level or, you know, social grade level or even your school district. Like, I've heard of people using something called um, a curriculum-based measure, CBM. And there's online programs for that where it's, like, it's usually just for math or reading. It's, like, a quick 15-minute, like, you know quick test to see roughly mm -hmm. where a kid is. Um, a lot of elementary schools use stuff like the teacher's college running records or Fontes and Pinnell or DRA or guided reading or any one of those reading level indicators. That's also data you can mm -hmm. use. Um, Pre-tests, 
Always good. Yeah. How about you talk a little bit about pretests? Because that's actually something that is a valid use that I feel like teachers feel like might not be. Yeah. So when we give pretests, and, uh, and I'll share a story that, that I had actually. Okay. Um, you know, when we talk about pre-assessing, I always took it as honestly a complete waste of time. Right. At the beginning, because if I'm pre-assessing something, whatever my topic was as a math teacher, you know, it could have been anything. So I'm, so I'm testing on congruency, for instance. Right. Well, my my opinion, which I've changed since, has always been, well, what the hell do they know about congruency? It's a waste of my time because <laughs> I haven't taught it to them yet. So how are they going to know anything But yet? Matt, some of them might actually know it. No, it didn't come out of my mouth, Courtney. Therefore, <laughs> how could they possibly know it? And it's so dumb uh, now. Oh, you're right. <laughs> that's, that's the way I thought, yeah. right? And I think that's the way some of us still feel, especially if it's about a newer topic. And, and I can totally get yeah. where if it's something really new, which there are a lot of things that are just brand new, not continuations, then how could possibly any kid know about it? Right. Yet they do. Yeah. Because they have lives other than the classroom. Right. Believe it or not. What? So. So maybe they picked up from their parents and or maybe everybody, or... everybody has a magic answer box in their hand now. Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's this thing. I just got it. I'm like, I was thinking of like J.J. Abrams' little mystery box. I'm like, I don't have a mystery box. Wait, it's my phone. I'm pointing this into the microphone here. It's my phone, right? I can learn yeah. about things. And yeah. kids have so many different interests. Maybe they've learned about that already. Right. So if you pre-assess, you will find out whether they have a basic understanding, yeah. more of a complex understanding, right. more of an understanding than you. That's right. Yeah, possible. <laughs> I've had that happen many times. I'm like, oh, you are way better at this <laughs> than I am. <laughs> Thank you for being 15. Mm. So that happens all the time. Yeah. So that way we don't have to bore those kids at a particular level right? because they already know it. And they can move on. And if you have that continuum going, maybe they can move up a few steps for that particular right. topic or whatever it may be because they come with that prior knowledge. Right. And I can't believe that I actually did that beforehand. was like, well, how could they possibly know it? They haven't had that class <laughs> yet. I haven't taught you know? them this yet. It's, 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 it's not even just about me. It was... It was it's like they haven't taken that geometry course yet. Yeah, so they couldn't possibly know any of it. Yeah, and just... that was so dumb. So well, let's pre-assess. That's yeah, another pre great piece of data. Yeah, so maybe we should talk a little bit about um, kind of when. Because so I'm thinking like at the start of a school year, you'll do like probably the biggest initial sort you're going to do, right? With that the most be, data, sense. right? Unless you happen to be like in a multi-age situation or looping where you know your learners better, which I hope we're moving more towards. But yep. Um, yep. so at that point in the year, that's you. I, I don't think you would give a pre-assessment. Like if you're thinking, based on what we just said, that you would give a pre-assessment for like the year or even a semester, stop. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> a, a, it's way too long. Yeah. And so you won't get... Even if kids took it seriously, you won't get good data because they'll be too tired. Right. It, it just, it's so not, don't so give don't, them a 17-page yeah, test. No, don't do that. Don't no, do that. just well, do it on little subjects. Yeah, we'll have another episode just on pretests. Yeah, that sounds good. Right, that like sounds, as we, part of, maybe. We maybe, should write this down. But. I know. Write it down. <laughs> okay, I'm nope. writing it down. <laughs> Note to podcast Pre-test. self. Pretesting. Okay. Um, 
But so then, so after you've done that big sort where you have kind of all of that, you know, the triangulation of data and you've got a lot of stuff and you, you work through and you figure out what the groups look like, um, then you get going. Mm-hmm. And then let's say we've been saying six weeks because that seems to be a nice spot where it's, if you haven't reconsidered every learner, you really should be. Mm-hmm. Um, some teams might think about it more regularly once a month, you know, and then I don't know. But uh, you, yes, then you sit down and this is where you might bring in more of the less formal data, like information about how they're doing in classes with targets. Um, right. and different competencies or some of the pre-assessment work or even some other formative assessments. Um, that's what you would bring to the table on the more regular grouping and regrouping. Yeah, so sure. there's, and again, as Courtney said, we just use six weeks because that's kind of what we, just what we do sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, it seems reasonable. But you know, one thing I found is, is if your groups are starting to get a little too many of them, for instance, because kids are moving at, at different paces and suddenly you have more than two or three groups in your own classroom and, and you're trying to share, but they're in multiple different places. Right. Maybe it's time to really shake shake it up at that point yeah. and really have a, just a bigger discussion yeah. with if you're using, uh, you know, not necessarily team teaching, but teaching groups where you're right. sharing kids. Right. Really have that discussion is, is like, geez, it seems like I have five groups in my room now, Courtney. Right. How many do you have? Yeah. And maybe we can do something different. Yeah. So don't don't think of anything as like a hard and fast time rule about this. Yeah. It's you know your kids better, and if they're starting to separate, and you think you can do better grouping, then do better grouping. Right. And just go ahead and do it. Don't say, well, we said December first, but it's only November tenth. Go ahead and do yeah, it. Yeah, do it. Because <laughs> it's, it's about good. it's about them and putting them in the right places. And what I always think back to when I have these discussions with with teachers. We, we try to, I try to say very clearly that if you have some kids that are waiting for you to catch up to them, they need another group. Or if you have some kids that are really falling behind but they're traveling with another group, then you need another group. So right. really think about each and every individual kid and how are you going to help that particular kid. Right. And if you're doing one of those things that, that your pace is different than their pace, then we probably need to rethink about what that means. And, and get some different groupings going. Right. So always think about those individual kids would be our advice. Yeah. All right, so to kind of recap our little, our episode two on data or part two on data for flexible, continuous flexible grouping. Um, CFG. CFG. I think, actually I don't think we said this yet, but consistency of data. Like choose the data you're gonna use. Oh yeah. And then always use that data. Like if you're bringing different data to the table every six weeks, that's not, you know you know what I mean? Yeah, yes, like, exactly. Like pull out your old like triangulation graphic organizer or make one. You just draw a triangle basically and then <laughs> you know, it's easy. Good use of geometry. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> Put like list out the big, you know, the the big norm reference tests you want to use. List out some of the smaller classroom assessments you want to use. List out the more whole child type data you want to use, um, and then make it a protocol. Use that every time you sit down as a as with your team members or individually to sort and to group and regroup your kids. Um, so I think that. Um, I think also what I just said, you know, triangulate, make sure you have a variety of data. It isn't about just one data point. Um, right. Always so. have more. 
Right. And realize it's going to be a little messy. You're probably going to have to make judgment calls and you're probably going to have to be like, well, we'll try him in this group. And you know what? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You find a different group for the kid. It's not, it doesn't mean your system failed. It's not going to be perfect. If you do it for 10 years, it's not going to be perfect. No. Because kids are amazing things. Yeah. And they're going to be all over the place sometimes. So try to do the best you can using some of the tools that we've suggested today using some of the tools that we haven't suggested today. Yeah. Uh, but as Courtney says, uh, I really like the consistency part. Yeah. You know, make some choices and go with those. Go with them. And if they are not working for some reason, then you can change them. Right. But don't change them every single time. No, don't change. I would say use them at least three times before you decide they're not working. Good rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. All right, we done today? We're done today. All right, I guess you're going to follow us on Twitter, hopefully. Uh, you follow me at Eat Sleep Stats. I'm at Belol and See. The podcast is at Pilar and MC. We've got a lot of followers I, lately. We have. It's been sweet. It's been very, very nice. You can also hashtag Pilar and MC um, just to kind of get our attention about things. That also works. It does work. Um, Facebook. Our Facebook page is with Pilar and MC, and you can it's actually head there. Pilar with MC. Oh, but I got that wrong. It is okay. Pilar with MC. <laughs> <laughs> Usually that's me. Usually it's you. Yeah. All right. And it's Monday. Yeah, and you true. can um we put extra little things up there sometimes, different articles or videos or stuff that yeah. kind of applies to the stuff we talk about. Um and of course our website, plearnmc.weebly.com. And what's on the website? That would be a parking lot. Yeah. Where you can ask any questions, you can make some comments, give us some ideas right. for future episodes. That's always nice to see. Uh we actually came up with uh, this idea because of a comment. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the parking lot, it's kind of been cleared out so yeah. that we could take some questions just about grouping and regrouping and all of this stuff. You can always tweet at us what we just said before. Right. And remember, you need the ZPD for CFG. And with that, <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs>